Alright, so we are here in the next video, right? So I'm with William, who is from Hua Chong JC. He's, he loves politics, right? And, and his passion, right, actually made me really like politics also. Actually, I never ever liked politics until I started building a team. Remember? Last time I was building a team of like 140 people. And that's when I realized, like, like how how can I run an organization like a country? I always believe that if you really want to do business or network marketing or you really want to build an empire, you must understand politics. Okay? And if let's say you want to make a lot of money, you also must understand politics because um, politics affects the economic system, politics affects businesses, politics affects the different industries and different laws and all that affect different industries, right? So um William today, right, he's gonna share how a country is run. Okay, how a country is run because when you when if you want to build a team right first of all you must run your, your organization like a like a family then after you must run your organization like a like a tribe then you must run your organization like a religion run your organization like a mafia and then you run your organization like a country when you can run your organization like a religion or a country right that's when you know uh, you have truly done something well all right so William's gonna share with you about how a country is run. Take it away, bro. Okay, so um, to understand to understand how the country itself is run, um, you know, you could you could refer back to the previous video on how uh, individuals acquire debt, and my previous story on how uh, uh, my previous story called the debt that never gets paid off, which is featured in the first uh, in, in the first um, video. Uh, if you'd like to see the full text of it, you can you can find me personally, and I'll, I'll send it over if, if you want it. Um, his his Instagram account, or, like how how do they find you? Uh, just find me under Infinite Blitz. Uh, infinite Blitz, B L I T Z. Yes, yeah. uh, under Infinite underscore Blitz. Uh, yes, <laughs> you can you can find it from me, and I'll I'll send you the text of how how it goes up. Um, okay, and so to understand how the government works, um, this uh, this uh, this will come from. Uh, this this is loosely based off the system itself is loosely based off this uh, book called uh, the Di the dictator's handbook. You all should really read this book, the yes. Di dictator's handbook. So it, it sort of explains why bad behavior is almost always good politics. Uh, the dictator's handbook: why bad behavior is almost always good politics. It's very important book to understand <laughs> because once you read this book, once you understand, um, you start to realize that. The government's job is no longer there to provide your welfare. It's not there to guard you. It's not there to keep you safe. Um, more, moreover, the, the government itself has a lot of rules to abide by. It has a lot of uh, tricks to live by, and sort of, uh, and also, um, the main, the main job of the government in this case now, I would like to establish. If if you cannot remember anything, just remember the government's job is to look over the treasury. The treasury the money. itself, yes, not so much just the money, but the treasury itself is made of the land, the state itself, um, for, uh, everything that you own, uh, everything, the resources. yes, the resources of the country, everything belongs to the government. The very land that you're sitting on, the very land that you're standing on, belongs to the government. Um, so, and even if you were to argue that it doesn't belong to them by any by any other means, that. The government has an army, la, so in, in <laughs> essence, they can take away anything yeah. from you that you own. Correct. So, Unless you own an army yourself uh, to fight against the government. Which, as I mentioned, uh, if you do, uh, please, um, yeah. I, I salute you that you're not in a detention centre yeah. yet. So, uh, right, so now let's So start. what are the three things that a government must... Okay, so usually when the government itself is set up, the few things that it needs to deal with is the military, 
uh, and its enforcement and also in in essence the people's needs or the, the, the basic military, needs the military the enforcement and the people's needs basic people's needs uh, yeah. just the needs itself not not saying the wants um, and the means to keep the economic system running itself so uh, the system I'll be sort of explaining would be in relation to an open economy system. So now, in most countries, they will rely on two different systems. So number one, you have a closed economic system. So this is where the country will rely a lot more on natural resources to sustain their economy, uh, rather than external foreign investment that will come into the country. Uh, the other one would be an open uh, economic system. So an open economic system relies a lot more on trade, relies a lot more on monetary inflow. And um, and it is and it's the thing that is quite popular with many countries nowadays because it sustainable it generates a lot more sustainable revenue compared to a closed economic system. Basically, the government doesn't care about your well-being. The government doesn't care if you're happy. That's not what the government cares about. What the government cares about is that you can make more money for the government. You pay your taxes. The government becomes rich, richer. And that's essentially capitalism. Because what's capitalism? Capitalism is... That means capital is the main thing in... Is the, is the main thing that everyone's looking for, you know? Like, what's the purpose of business? Capital, you know? That is capitalism. We are, the, the, the government is not here to feed crybabies or to be a, a charitable organization. The government is here to number one, rule you, and number two, guard the treasury. Guard the treasury, which means, which means become richer. Yeah. Not necessarily become richer, but more like. Become more wealthy. And because the treasury itself is the hallmark of their power. If they were to lose the treasury, they lose the means to power. Um, if the they lose the treasury, they, they lose the, the access to the military because the military requires a lot of um, funds. They also lose access to the enforcers, which is the police officers, because um, you need police officers to control people. You need police officers to prevent riots, raids, etc. You need police officers to prevent people from breaking the law. You need the military to, pre to, guard, to prevent uh, invaders, right? And the third thing is the people's needs. These are the things that the government needs to take care of now. Um, the people's needs are more or less just there to keep the economy running. But uh, for example, let's say when you do an open economic system itself, uh, this is the first step that will happen will be the governments will borrow money from uh, all sorts of private investors. For example, this will include external banks. Uh, these will include multinational corporations, uh, all the all the so-called evil corporations that you that we that we talked about here and there. So, the first step would first be uh, the government will borrow money from these individuals in the form of investment or in the form of monetary power whatsoever. So IMF included, uh, and the World Bank also included. Um, uh, and but at the same time. Uh, what happens is uh, the government itself will surrender a certain degree of financial control to these organizations and uh, and usually it will result in a heavy debt that will be that will that will be incurred by the government itself um, to regulate this to keep it all centralized the government itself establishes this thing called the central bank um, it's seen it, you, you can probably see it in almost anywhere in every country uh, for example Singapore's one will be the monetary uh, authority MAS, yeah, ma uh, monetary authority of Singapore um, the US would be the Federal Reserve uh, Sing uh, Malaysia would be the uh, Negara Bank of Malaysia uh, so so on and so forth you, you can find that almost every single country in the world today has That's a central, uh, central bank. bank and how it's established uh, usually is because they are they are made to be open economies or uh, war ravages in such a sense that uh, central banks are set up. So 
Um, but that, that will go into another different topic. This is, that will be a bit too heavy to digest for now. So, um, so for now, what you need to understand is governments will incur a, a huge amount of assets, a huge amount of money, a huge amount of spending power in order to make a big change in their country in return that they will have a debt that is surrendered to foreign investors. So let's put it this way, the government itself has someone higher up to answer to. The government isn't just a figure that would sort of oppress you just because it wants to oppress you, but because it has to get things done. It, just like how, for example, your boss has to answer to his boss, and when your boss tries to get you to uh, get some work done, it's not so much so that he wants to be a dick to you, but because he also has stuff he needs to clear to his boss as yeah, well. Yeah. So, um, moving on. So now, there's, there's no one who's evil here or no one, you know, it's not about being evil or, you know, uh, being greedy or what, it's, it's, it's just, everyone is bound by, there are boundaries that everyone has to follow. For example, um, even when you're a ruler, you can, you, you, there are rules that govern the rulers. That's, that's something that people must understand. There are rules that govern a ruler. Um, as a leader, you, you, you do have things that you cannot do. For example, when, I, when I'm a leader, I, I cannot anyhow just go to Zook and just you know, uh, make out with a girl because everyone's going to see you, you know what I mean? So, it depends on the kind of image you want to so, give. So that, that, yes. Yeah, but, but basically my, my point is that um, you, you never ever have full freedom and um, you always have... There will always be trade-offs between uh, what, whichever... Um, role you you play in this whole economy or in this whole game, there are always rules that you have to abide by, and you just have to choose which which kind of rule or what kind of lifestyle you want. For example, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to make a million dollars, right? Then you you have to know what uh, uh, you have to be willing to sacrifice what an entrepreneur sacrifices. If you want to be an employee, you have to be willing to sacrifice what an employee sacrifices, like freedom, etc. For an employee, for an an entrepreneur could be um, uh, his private life. Yeah, his private life. Etc. For a politician, could be you know there are always things that you have to sacrifice. Yeah, there's always a price to pay. So, um, moving on from that, so now the government itself, what it has to do to pay off this debt, as explained in a previous video, will be it has to generate money in order to pay off the debt. And banks itself, uh, they will try to raise the interest rates and whatever not to make sure that the money that they owe is still not enough to cover the, the amount of debt to, to cover the debt that is available. So. Uh, but nevertheless, the government will still have to pay off anyway. So, what the government itself will do will be, it will establish three of its factors, the military, so the things that will help keep it in power, the enforcement as well that keeps it in power, and alongside with that, the people's needs. So, um, this will be a bit hard to explain because this is a verbal explanation, but if you want a full chart from me, I can just send an uh, image for, uh, and, and it will be quite clear to explain. And if you need further explanation from that, then I'll just co uh, constantly up uh, update me about it. So, um, in this case, uh, what would fall under the people's needs? Um, healthcare, education, uh, knowledge-based industries, so basically just the economy as a whole. Uh, food, yes, that, that's still the most important. And social policies, just to keep things in line uh, after the first fall have been established. Uh, so, why are these factors so important in running a society? Why is your welfare so important to the government? If, if, if why can't they just deprive you of the food that, that you definitely need or deprive you of the education that would supposedly make you a smarter person and revolt against the government? Now, you need to understand that why they do this is they hope to maximize the working population within the country. Um, and naturally, to educate more people would mean that more people are able to work and produce the more money that will circulate around in the economy itself. 
And um, the second reason would be there will be more productivity. So um, when you have an educated population, we have a much more healthy population. They can produce much more for the for the government itself. Basically, the, the 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 main thing that the government is thinking of, right, is how can we maximize the output or the productivity of the whole country? Okay, through its people. Uh, yeah, through its people. So. Um, would having more food or would having uh, better education or what would help enable uh, them to have more output and that's actually the same thing that any boss thinks about when doing a business right it, the, the, the boss's job is not to take care of the employee the boss's job is to take care of the employee enough so that the employee can perform exactly yeah because the employees still need to have the employers still need to take home pay as well they can't just spend their money on the employees so so and the third reason would be you incentivize the population so after you provide them with food, after you provide them with healthcare and, and, and the basic needs, uh, social policies are put in place. So for example, uh, things that help racial equality or things that uh, ensure, ensure that there's social cohesion or whatsoever. All these exist to incentivize as many people as they can within the society. Or more specifically, the, the people who need to be incentivized to work. Uh, sometimes there are spillover effects here and there, government inefficiency and whatever not. Um, but these come in, along with the package of the system itself. You, you need to accept the good and bad in this case. Um, the fourth reason would then be there's uh, there will be they will abide by the social contract. So as the the primary definition of social contract would be, uh, citizens will trade their civil liberties in exchange for protection and security from the government. So. Even the protection and security you receive from the government is not free. In, in essence, you are still under the government. There are a lot of things to surrender to the government for, uh, for the lifestyle that you live right now. Now, take note, uh, it, um, the government has still has our best interests at heart. All right. So, um, the government is it's not the government is not against us. The government is together with us. We are here to to um, like. Like it's, it's, it's truly possible for the whole world to create wealth for each other and through collaboration where there's so much more productivity and so much more value that's in the whole in the whole economy so the, the government is here to create value as well it's just that um, the main goal of the government is not your well-being the main goal of the government is to, to have output yes. yeah. if, so you if, if you can work together with the government it's good you know if you pay your taxes it's good if you build businesses and you create jobs the government loves you right um, know how to play this game know how to it's, play this it's game. more of if you are able to convince the government or if the government sees that your well-being is in parallel to their goals and their Correct. objectives therefore they will give you your welfare so as to increase the productivity uh, I mean uh, NS boys and uh, NS boys will probably relate to this now. Uh, when your superiors they give you the welfare that you so dearly crave for uh, what is the purpose in them doing so? They, they expect you to clear your job, to do your job well enough so that they can fulfill their KPI and whatever right. stuff. Uh, to put it in a very down-to-earth manner. Lah. So, uh, and the last reason on why... So the government is with us, alright? They, they are with us. They are, they are not against us in any way. Yeah. They're not against us. They're only not against us if, if it's not in parallel. It, they're only against us if we are against them. If if we if, if we, we don't if we, yeah if we refuse to cooperate then only they are against us. If you uh, evade your taxes then they'll be against you. If you sell drugs then they'll be against you because you you cause the whole um, you know productivity of the whole. I guess yes and no yeah. like. It depends on how the government sees whether drugs. Itself yeah la, yeah la. But okay, let's say if you rape rape someone then the government will be against you la, Definitely. Simply because sim not not it doesn't really matter to the government whether rape is right or wrong. But it's more 
they don't want more people to keep doing that kind of behavior yeah. because it disincentivizes the population and their so on and so forth. It, it defeats the purpose of them giving a lot of things. Correct. And the very last reason on why they would do this is it reduces the amount of enforcement needed. So th- think of it this way: if, uh, if, if for a parent to raise a child, it would it be significantly easier to raise a good behavior, a child with good behavior, or a child with bad behavior? Of course, a child with good behavior would be easier to raise. Uh, you wouldn't really need to use the carrot and stick method as much. Uh, you wouldn't really have to waste your effort in disciplining the child. In the same way for the government, um, you give the welfare, you, you be nice to the people so that it reduces the amount of military enforcers, the amount of police that they need in order to step in and intervene and to, to keep the people in line. So this reduces the cost of, of, of uh, military and the enforcement that they need to have. So, and, and as you know, the government is basically like a giant corporation and they definitely want to reduce the amount of operational costs in running the country itself. So these are the five main reasons of why they provide you welfare so as to keep the system running. Okay, for those who might be more interested in what the military and the government, uh, the military and the, and, and the, and the what is it, enforcement, what their, what their job will be. Okay, so this is what the main advantage of the military and enforcement they'll do. Number one, they keep the government in power by force. So in the case if the if the if the citizens decide to revolt, definitely it's easy enough to, cr- uh, to crush this rebellion. Uh, number two, it prevents the debt collection. As I've mentioned before in the first in the first video, the family who owed money to the bank, the bank didn't manage to come down to collect the money from the uh, uh, from the family itself because the family had sons to defend the entire family from having the assets snatched away. In the same way, this is the job of the military. The military is there in order to prevent the banks from coming to seize the assets. And this is why up to this day, even if you, even when you find out why are so many countries in debt to the, all these banks, or why are so many countries in debt to the Rothschilds itself, the main reason is the Rothschilds don't have an army. Every other country does. And once every other country has an army, yeah, you can't collect the debt from these countries <laughs> when you don't have an army yourself. All right. Uh, the third reason would then be power security it keeps the government itself uh, secure in power. Uh, number four, it protects the treasury. This is the this is also a very very key important role of the military and the enforcement. It is the thing that helps the government to protect the treasury. It is why the government pays the military and the enforcement so much because the government alone itself cannot protect the treasury by force. Only the military and the enforcement will be able to do so with the means and the, and the things that equip it. Lastly, the other reason why it's necessary is um, diplomacy. As, as much as it's harder to understand, the, the political science students will be able to get this much better. But um, diplomacy in a sense that it helps in entente diplomacy, for example, build relations with yeah. other militaries to show that there's a certain degree of cooperation. Or detente diplomacy, which is a form of deterrence diplomacy, which deters right. either People other countries. Competing. Yes. Other countries can also be the tools of banks and all the different higher powers up there. So naturally, to serve as a good deterrence would naturally help your own economy in being run and whatever not. Like. So these are the five main benefits that keeping your military and enforcement in line would help. And so number one, keep your government in power. Number two, prevents debt collection. Number three, power security. Number four, protect the treasury. And number five, diplomacy. Right. And uh, in a more complicated system, as to put it, and how Singapore would tend to put it, um, retired military personnel will tend to enter the executive, will tend to enter the government itself. Um, for example, well, one, this helps to keep the military in check. Yeah. And, uh, so, well, okay, why do you think that a lot of ministers, right, they, were, they used to be maybe your chief, chief defense officers or chief air force? Chief why, of why do you think yes. that's the case? 
Alright. Um, one thing is, um, having gone through the officer route, especially by giving them a scholarship, uh, and not to mention, these scholarships are hard to obtain. Anyone who has tried to apply for a SAFOS will know the stringent requirements that are necessary to obtain the overseas scholarship by the SAF, or even the president, uh, let alone the president's scholarship. Um, so, these, uh, these people who are selected to hold these scholarships already prove that they have a certain degree of ability to be able to, uh, run, uh, to, be able to run certain things, to be able to study, to be able to, uh, to have a certain degree of intelligence, to take orders and listen to them. And the fact that they have risen up to such high positions will indicate that they have managed to secure, they have managed to play the game well enough within their own field, within the field that the government has provided, the way the government wants them to play the game. And thus, these are seen as the viable people to be put into politics. For example, Lee Tuck even if he screwed up, so-called screwed up his job as a transport minister, even though a lot of these are just beyond his, uh, his means of uh, handling, um, they decided to get him even as a chief of Navy because, as a former chief of Navy, because he has shown that he has the ability to run the government, run parts of the government as per leader. Lee Sen Long is also a part of the uh, military. He is a brigadier general. They refuse to disclose which part, of, which division, which unit, whatsoever he worked in. Um, but for example, from there, he as a, uh, he was he was being, he was able to show that he was he was indeed a proficient person. He, he's not an idiot. Let, let's let's put it simply. He topped his class in, in Cambridge if, uh, for mathematics, um, and he was able to rise quite fast without without much issue, without really being able to it needed to be bailed out. And he has a successful political career to back this up along with it. So he definitely has come a long way to become a prime minister of the country. Um, and the other reason. But do you see it? Um, there's one Southeast Asian conference where um, no one wanted to talk to Lee Sien-Long. Uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, he's there to keep things running. He's not there to drive the country to a certain direction. At, at the end of the day, politicians, uh, politicians, governors, and uh, they all have different roles they need to play. They, they don't have to, they can't be everything, but they just need to be the right person for the, for the right situation. For example, Lee Sien-Long was a great guy to keep things running and system in order. Uh, but he may not be the best person to handle changing times. For example, China and US want to find out which side is Singapore on. Yeah. So uh, he's, he may not be the best person to be able to confront this issue because uh, by nature, that's not what he's trained to do. Military personnel usually don't have this kind of training. Um, they're, they're more there to listen to what, the, what their high-ups have to say and then follow suit as a result. So, um, and, and the other thing is, putting military personnel within the government itself uh, allows them to keep the military itself in check. So instead of allowing the military to revolt against the government itself, it sort of gives the military this promise of a career future with, uh, within politics itself if they are willing to stay loyal to the government itself. So this is one of the few reasons why the government itself make, takes a lot of military personnel, even if they are not necessarily suitable for the job. But it definitely helps in governance. Alright. Uh, from this map, from this model that I've just given up, um, there are quite a few key points that uh, I would like to that I would like you all to take away. Uh, number one, accountability is not a key in governance. For example, uh, as as you can see from the model, it's not or it's now. It's not a key in governance. Accountability is not a key in governance. As as you've seen from my system and the way that I've uh, I've put this in pen and paper. Um, the government itself does not need, does not actually require checks and balances to function. It just needs checks and balances to assure the people that it is functioning. The truth of the matter is, as long as the state is up and running, it is functioning. The, and 
the way it keeps the system in, in, in check. There's a reason why the government, when I've stated about the government, I have not stated the different branches of it, the legislature, the judiciary, or even the executive. Um, each of the each of the three branches have their important roles. Uh, I, I can come into that into another time, but this itself is not about the government as an entity, but it's, it's talking about the government's role within the power system itself. So, um, and so number one, accountability is not a key in governance. In fact, um, to prove it, the more secrecy and consolidation of power, the better the government is in doing its job. Uh, so for example, for, for all of us who might be a bit upset with the presidential elections, or why did they select perhaps the shittiest politician to be in charge of, uh, of, of the presidency. In, in fact, <laughs> be I'll, careful. I'll, no, I'll, explain why, I'll explain why it is it is a case. Um, for example, uh, she does not know when to keep her mouth shut when necessary, and she does, and, and the thing is, uh, for example, when they said, oh no, this thing is racially biased or whatsoever, but she herself, as a candidate, went to speak out against why it is not racist, when as a candidate, the best position for her was just to be quiet. And naturally, if she had spoken about this, it would have been a lot easier for her. It would have been a lot harder for her to get into power. But she did become the president in this case. So this would already imply that there are some underhanded uh, mechanics and workings at play. But uh, digressing and di sidetracking, this is just to prove that um, the way how governments consolidate power is an, ex is an excellent showcase of governance of the PAP itself doing a really good job at governance, at consolidating its power, at trying to get the economic system running. Alright, and number two, as you can see so far, um, the entire thing itself, the government's job is essentially to be an investor. Investor and to, be a run, uh, and to run its company. If you can see closely, the treasury itself is, is like all the assets and all the things that it has. So distributing it out to the different factors and the different branches would essentially be an investment in keeping itself in power. So yes, the government is itself, in itself, at the end of the day, a giant investor. Number three, uh, an extension. Because of the fact that its job is just to invest, it is not the best provider of welfare, as it just provides minimal welfare in the form of investment. It is not free money. If you really want to provide welfare for others or if you really want to, to, to make the world a better change, I suggest just do it on your own. Accumulate wealth as much as you can and do the things on your own. Don't rely on the government. It's it's not their job to do anything. Yeah, okay. okay. To add on to that, you see, um, you see when the government, right, uh, what a government wants to do is to keep in power. Because if they don't even have power, they, they can't make the world a better place and all that. Yes. So the main, the main, the first thing the government thinks of is how to get power. Okay, so that's why they have military enforcement and the people's needs. The, the government does not need to be liked by you. They, that's not what they, they only need to be liked by 51% of the population. And they, they don't really care. They, the, the government, they don't even care if they use underhand techniques or what. Because that, that's just how, it's all about demand and supply. There's no, there's no, oh, uh, oh this no ruler is so nice and so kind. Oh, Liu Pei is a, such a honorable ruler. No, at the end of the day, it's who could keep in power better, right? Yes. Maybe being well-liked helps you keep in power better. Maybe being a spiritual person or being a person with a lot of values and integrity, loyalty, maybe that helps you keep in power better because that creates a very good image for you. But um, at the end of the day, it's all about demand and supply. Maybe, um, you know, this this amount of, uh, you know, it, like that's that's how the whole world works. For example, um, content like that, right? Content like that is it's very valuable. Like if you if you really know how to appreciate the value, it's very valuable. But what would people rather? But what would people resonate with? They will resonate with pretty girls, um, fast cars. You know, that that's what resonates. So what is and what is to be is is very different because um 
what people think that they need is education and all that. But but they actually they actually don't want it as much as pretty girls, um, uh, gossip and all that. You know, like as I scroll through Facebook, I always see, oh, uh, you make me pregnant, uh, like these kind of things. And and those are the things that get a lot of comments. Whereas someone who posts a what, motivational video or sharing about entrepreneurship or sharing about. Uh, uh, for example, like, let's say Gary Vaynerchuk, he, when he shares about entrepreneurship, he doesn't get as much likes as Kim Kardashian who just shows her booty and then, you know, everyone. So, what is and what is to be, um, a lot of people are too romantic about what um, what what should be or how the world should be. or They, they live in this, in this bubble, like this idealistic bubble. Yes, it's good to work towards that. By the end of the day, it's all about demand and supply, man. I mean, um, maybe you supply booty pics and, and people just love it. Then you get more likes. Like, like it's not about, yeah. So, um, so in this case, the government itself has its, has its own job to play. It's, it's job is not to be well liked. And it doesn't rely on that for your money. So. Even let's say McDonald's. When McDonald's uh, makes burgers, everyone knows that uh, McDonald's is not very healthy. But does McDonald's really care? Because at the end of the day, they know that hey, they are making, they are doing what they are doing, and they're still getting a lot of sales. So they don't, they don't really care. So, but is it McDonald's fault or is it the people's fault? Exactly. Uh, you get what I mean? It's, that's what the people are resonating at. Yeah. Well, we can't really say it's fault, like. At the end of the day, McDonald's is just yeah, doing it's not, what, yeah, yeah. It's just doing what Correct. it can. It's just feeding people, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if, if it keeps them in business, and it also keeps and a lot, of, and it keeps a lot of people in business. Yeah. It keeps a lot of people employed. Yeah. I don't see why it's a it's a entirely a big if, if people buy it, that means they receive value, you know. Yeah. Yes. So and okay, this one number four. This one you might be you might it might develop some sort of controversy, but uh, bear with me on this. Conscription, especially in uh, in many different countries that use conscription, is a means to tie military enforcement and people's needs together to reduce investment costs. This is a bit far-fetched to, to, to tell, but uh, bear with me on this. For example, if you invest your military, if you invest more in spending in your military by having everyone involved in the military and enforcement, um, you reduce the you reduce the ability for the people themselves to turn against you because um, they they know that they have bear a certain degree of loyalty to the government itself, and uh, and also it reduces it reduces the necessity to pay the regulars a lot more money. Because uh, it, it reduces the need to uh, pay the regulars a lot more, incentivize them to keep them working for the government. Because there, there will already be a giant pool of people who are there to do it, and they are intertwined within the mess of whether they side with themselves or whether they side with the government. So this is what conscription does. It ties people together to the government so that it keeps it more securely in power. It does reduces the investment cost. Right, and the final takeaway would then be. The visible hand of the government, for all economic students, you will know invisible hand refers to the market itself and the visible hand refers to the government. It is only there to keep the three military enforcement and people's needs in power. They're just there, all of them, just to keep them in line. At the end of the day, if the system runs smoothly as it's supposed to be, the government has done its job. It keeps. It is able to distribute treasure properly, keep the system running in line, produce a certain amount of revenue, pay the revenue back to the, uh, to the investors that it owes, that the government has done its job, and this is and this is why our Singapore government runs it so well because it is still able to keep the debt in check. Correct. We are still able to maintain a high credit. Because you're getting jobs, the the businesses are still surviving. Uh, the economy is getting better. There's more GDP. Welfare of people is better. Um, there's more health. People uh, are living longer. And in, and in more of general, us. yes, and in general. Uh, if you want to see how we fare, uh, how this helps us, uh, for example, 2008 e economic crisis, 
up to this day, there's too many countries out there that have not been able to recover from it properly. Um, for example, if you go to the streets of Australia, even US, California, the, the state that says it wants independence from the US, um, the, and you can see that there are many different, there are many professional beggars, beggars who have lost their jobs, and they haven't been able to find, find back any form of income because they are unable to get back on their two feet. The government is unable to do its job to keep everything in line. And thus, they become professional beggars. They, they, they start to be, they, they become, some of them end up being homeless, some of them end up developing lots of problems because the government is unable to keep everything at night. Singapore, how they managed to do this was, when the economic crisis struck, the Singapore government called upon its reserves to kickstart a fiscal, uh, fiscal uh, circulation within the, economy, in the economy. And yes, it was fairly successful in getting most Singaporeans back on their feet. In one way, most Singaporeans were able to find jobs and they were able to continue living on their normal lives. So, um, if you want to find out in terms of governance, really, is the Singapore government really good at what it's doing? I would say yes, definitely. Yes, yes. Alright, so that's the end of our video. And uh, if you want to follow William, okay, um, follow his Instagram at infinite underscore blitz. Uh, yes, uh, I'll make it less complicated. So, William T. Um, infinite underscore bleeds alright so if you want to follow him um, I'll put a link in the description as well so I'll catch you up uh, I'll catch up with you on the next video um, just let me know what you want to what, what you want us to speak about alright okay just just uh, DM me any questions whatsoever <laughs> yeah then like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just try to answer them he's, he's so nice right like I can you imagine all this in a 19 year old can, can you imagine like all this knowledge in a 19 year old so um yeah the Singapore has done its job. <laughs> uh, yes and no la. I mean the point of education itself is yeah, it could be with the skills whatsoever. But the key point of education would then be find your own answer. Correct. If you cannot find your own you answer, you need to learn how to think. That's, that's very important. If you cannot find your own answer after you're educated, then definitely then the education system hasn't failed, but you have failed yourself from what you want to take from the education system. So uh, anything just send just just uh, just send Alright uh, I'll I'll catch up with you all soon, alright? Okay, so the most electrifying entrepreneur. The most electrifying entrepreneur. He's the most electrifying entrepreneur. The most electrifying entrepreneur. The most electrifying entrepreneur. The most electrifying entrepreneurs that I've ever met. The most electrifying entrepreneur. The most electrifying